Welcome back, everyone, to Help, We're Stuck in a Box. Um, this is the second episode that we will be doing where we're testing out, you know, new people on the podcast and everything. Um, so I have my cousin here, Tyler. Tyler, would you like to introduce yourself? What's up, everybody? Uh, my name's Tyler, Tyler Nay, and uh, related to the the uh, star here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see. Um other than that, I go by uh, Ivy Snore online. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So what's up? What's up? Yes, uh, Tyler here does Twitch, and then yes. may or yes, may I not do. start a YouTube channel with all the vods. Um, yes, yes. So. Uh, little little self plug. So on Twitch, you can find me at Twitch.tv/ivysnore. That is I V Y S N O R. And then I hope right now we've been playing a. Uh, a Nuzlocke of Pokemon Leaf Green that's going pretty good. And so hopefully after uh, the series ends, I'll be uh, starting my personal YouTube channel and start uploading the VODs there. Yes, I will link everything down in the description below. So check it out if you would like to. Um, so let's just kind of get started. How are you doing today, Ty? I'm doing good. Nothing, nothing too much exciting going on. Just been uh, packing today. A bunch of packing. Right. Moving soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, uh, I was just thinking about it. It's like, um, I got to get all my stuff ready before next week. Once uh, we get the house in order, because then I got to find a way to move all said stuff there. So, right. yeah, I, yeah. uh, it's, it's a little bit complicated. A little complicated? Yeah, I got a lot of shit to start getting ready for. New furniture coming in, everything like that, and uh, don't we don't quite know all of what we're getting. We've been told multiple different things, so like what from different people? Yeah, so my dad was saying that you know his uncle Larry was giving us you know a bunch of stuff, and then we have this like new tables, couches, all this other shit. So uh -huh. you know, here's Ariel and I kind of going like, well, what do we do from here? You know. Uh -huh. And so we're trying to, I think we're going to wait until we see the house, like, in person to see when, like, where we'll put everything. And because the pictures don't do it enough justice, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm about, like, I'm the same way. It's just, like, I haven't seen, like, any rooms in person yet. So, so I'm hopefully hoping that, like, all the stuff I have now will fit. I'm pretty sure. But then, of course, you know, I want to get some new furniture for my room and whatnot. Right, right. At least a new desk. I really want a new desk. Hold on so. one second. All right, now we're, we're back. A little interruption. Okay, we're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> Sorry, a little, little interruption. Uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. Ooh. So, what's going on with you, man? Anything, uh, son? Not... Not super much. I mean, I went to the dentist today. First uh -huh. time first time in quite a while. And my dentist was just like a uh, brand new dentist, by the way, that I'm going to. You know, my family's gone to him. They love him. So that's cool. Just I need to find a new one myself. Well, this, this one was really good. And I can always like like hit you up with all the information and shit. But uh, it was like, yeah, your, your teeth look perfectly healthy. Your teeth and gums, you know, these are the best teeth I've seen all month. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, all right, all right, go me. Hell yeah, perfect teeth achievement. Perfect teeth. Even though they're all they they're sorta of wonky 
somewhat crooked for some of them, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still got that pretty smile going on. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's up? I wanted to bring up something with you. Um, all right. Did you hear Hit me with it. about like all the like the Elon Musk shit that's going down recently? Like a lot has changed. Um, uh, Bitcoin like, slightly crashed. Like it went from fifty thousand down to like thirty thousand. Oh so, shit! For real? Yeah. So people are all like mad because they're losing their money. It's like, well, only you should only be putting in the money that you are acceptable to lose. Like if you're fine with losing this amount of money, put in that amount of money. You know. Oh yeah, I I agree there because to me stocks is just a gamble in general. Right, and you can't be mad if the shit crashes because that's what that sh that's what that shit does. That that's the risk you're taking. Right, so only put in the amount of money that you're worth, like that's worth to you to lose, and so. I think partially a lot of it came like right after Elon Musk hosted SNL, being the first person with uh, Asperger's, I think he said, to host SNL. And oh, cool. A after some of his skits, the uh, the price of Bitcoin started going down. Hmm. <laughs> so what, are they just like, blaming that on him? Like that Because and, of a mere coincidence? Like that, and then also Dogecoin, which Dogecoin was only boosted up because Elon Musk said Dogecoin like once or twice, which makes yep. sense. Um, but also Elon Musk had stated a little while ago that a lot of people would die on the Mars mission and people were not happy with them. Cause well, like, I mean, go ahead. Like unlike NASA, Elon's not going to hide the fact that people will die, you know, on this mission. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's it's going to be like the first trip to Mars, so I mean, there's going to be huge risks to take, and right. depend. And since we haven't traveled to Mars yet, we're not even sure yet if the whole plan of what was it like stopping at the moon first to get a refuel and then head to Mars. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, there there's just all sorts of risks are going they're going to be taking. So of course, whoever's going to be on that flight has to risk their own lives. Right. But people were Where the, not happy with them with this news. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of like somebody pointing out is like, hey, you know, uh, when this happens, someone could die. But, you know, a lot of people take that as someone will die. Right. But I thought it was crazy because I'm like, that's people crazy. don't want to accept the fact that people will die. It's like the first moon mission, you know, and most of the moon missions right after that. Huh. Like it, it was just kind of like a race to get to one spot. Pretty much. And you have to take those drastic measures and kind of just hope for the best. Yeah, and like, um, wasn't that, wasn't there, I think it was called the Challenger? Wasn't that the one spaceship that crashed on launch? Yes, I believe so. It either crashed on launch or blew up, like, in, like, in the air. Yeah, yeah. I forget when specifically that that happened, but I remember about it. So, I mean, it's just, it's just those kinds of risks you gotta take. Right. I think it's just I mean, something that you have to deal with for now, you know? Yeah, because, like I said, this is going to be our first trip to Mars, and we're not sure yet how that's going to go, if stopping at the moon's going to be a for sure thing, or, or if we can develop something, enough power to get us a direct flight from Earth to Mars. Mm -hmm. And then plus, once we're on Mars... How well is our technology going to take that? 
Right. Like for someone to be the first one to walk on Mars and all that. There's just all sorts sorts of many risks going on. Right, their own body has to go through so many different like workout regimens and everything so that they can withstand the um, pressure and gravity of Mars because it's different yeah. than Earth. Yeah, it's going to be a drastic difference in gravity, especially once they stop on the moon. The moon's going to have a different gravity compared to Earth and Mars. So their body's going to experience three different kinds of levels of gravity. Right, in such a short period of time. Relatively, yeah. And then also, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson stated that the moon is spinning away from Earth the the width of two like fingers every year. <laughs> Which, when you first think about it, doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah. But within 10 years, you know, that's, you know, 10 basically, or 20 fingers with, like long. Yeah. So that's like a whole another like foot or so away from the fucking earth. And each year after, you know, each year after that, it's just going to keep increasing, increasing. And as that mm -hmm. gravitational pull from the earth to the moon just keeps decreasing, um, it'll mean waves will be less. Uh, like, basically, it'll throw off the entire earth. Yeah, it, that would definitely be a drastic change because obviously, um, without the moon, then there's going to be there's going to be less light at night per se. Yeah. Um, but then, like, think about it. I mean, it kind of makes sense since you have another giant object rotating around the Earth, and so since they're going at two different speeds, you know, I'm assuming, um. Either the Earth or the Moon's faster than the other, thus slowly pulling one of them away. Right. My best guess. I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's gonna be interesting because shit's already changing. This year, uh, like uh, a little while back, a an anglerfish washed up on shore. Yeah. Um, and for people that don't know, the anglerfish, uh, and I'll I'll look it up just to, um. Just, just to make sure, um, anglerfish basically live so fucking deep down in the ocean to the point where you know they developed a little like little lantern on the front of their head so that way they could either you know see better or also catch prey. You know, mm -hmm. and so yeah. since they live so deep down in the ocean, everyone's big question is like, why you know wash up on shore? Yeah, how did it wash up on the shore? Why did it like? How did he swim up so high right. and then end up on, on dry land? Hmm. Yeah, it, everyone's kind of confused. Uh, yeah, so this says only females possess a long stalk on the head with bioluminescent tips used as a lure to entice prey in the darkness of waters as deep as 3,000 feet. 3,000 feet. Interesting. You know, below the surface of the ocean. And here it is yeah. just washing up on a shore somewhere. And and this shit's scary too. Like it's a giant black fish. Like basically it looks like oil it was spilled on top of this fish. Jeez, look at this thing. Yeah, it, it's it's fucking crazy. And so they're trying to learn why it washed up on shore, and if that's going to change anything about the habitat. Like if that's just a sign of what's to come. Mm hmm. And so I think they're they're pretty scared of that because if that shit continues, right? If yep. that shit continues to happen, 
more and more fish are losing their habitats and something has to be done way below the surface of the ocean, you know, considering we haven't explored most of our ocean. Which is fucking insane, but it could mean that there's something bigger down there that's pushing them, you know, closer and closer to the surface. Yeah, apparently the same thing happened to a Pacific football fish not too long ago. Pacific football fish. Yeah, from a quick research right here. Oh, is that the one that's all covered, like, completely black? Uh, I think so. I mean, the the anglerfish has a little dangling thing on top of his head. Yeah, that's that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that that thing, Pacific yeah, football yeah. fish. I think it is a breed yeah. of anglerfish, though. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it is oh, an it anglerfish, is. deep sea anglerfish, but okay. Dang. Hmm. It's fascinating. The world's changing, and it really is slowly at a time still, every single year. Humans don't want to acknowledge that shit. Well, you know. And when we do, we do it in the wrong ways. Because I'm sorry, but petitions won't change shit. Not not really. I mean, it's not, it's a great way to show people's concern slash support for an issue. But until, until it heads up, until the news reaches, the demand reaches to the right people, not much is going to change. Right. And so, like, a lot of people will do something like change.org. And I've only ever signed one change.org petition. And that was to combine the two Dakotas to be one mega coda instead of North and South Dakota. Um, See, now, now that's a great plan. That's a great plan. I think it would just be better. But change.org doesn't really put, like make laws. People think that if oh, you just create oh. a petition, something will happen from it. No. You can... You can make a million fucking petitions, but until you bring it up to act like if you until you actually bring it up to Congress and try and have them like institute it into a bill, it will go nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much signing majority of petitions does nothing. You have to take actual initiative and action in order to get any change. Mm-hmm. But that's not how majority of youth works in this day well, well yeah i mean i think it's just right now since we live in a time where it's hard to find legitimate sources so it's hard for a lot of people to believe what they see on the news and plus these days um i don't think there's much as an incentive to keep up with uh what's going on in the world with news and all that to to today's generation and the next generation. Yeah. The one that's up and coming, I should say. I get that. I think it's, it's, it's something that's a little bit scary because no it one is. really wants to do their research anymore on a topic before they start speaking about it. Not, not these days. Not really. You know, and I, everyone falls victim to it. I fall victim to it too. I'm not going to act like a fucking saint and savior. And oh, say that no. I don't. I, I that always too, do research, but I, I try and do as much research on the topic as I can before I start talking about it, because I like to have an informed opinion about, you know, whatever I will be talking about. Yeah, which which I mean, it helps because then 
At least you know what you're talking about. Right. And so it's always fun at work because I've got a few different coworkers that do the same thing. And so we'll have like such like intelligent conversation <laughs> about something. <laughs> and then like I'll have a couple um, people come in, talk about it too. And then just like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know how to respond to some of these things, you know, because it was never something I had prepared for. I don't know. It's, oh, yeah. It, it's also funny because at work, um, yeah. there's quite a few people that will fall on the like complete Democratic side and some will fall on the complete Republican side. And I'm like, yeah, I, I just really want to see an argument between, you know, one of each. Uh -huh. Because I try and keep my views more central. I try and keep, you know, my views not affiliated with a party. Because personally, I don't like either party. I think there's a lot of flaws to having a political party that you believe in rather than uh, just trying to pick a president because they have good ideologies and an actual plan. And so uh, when people want to say, oh, Trump's all bad or Biden's all bad or whatever, there's pros and cons to every single president. But that's true. I mean, a lot that, of that's just it with any decision, really. Right. But a lot of Republicans won't talk about the pros about Biden and a lot of Democrats won't talk about the pros of Trump. And I'm like, and, and I'll sit there and I'll talk to, you know, both sides at work and I'll just start listing off like pros of each president. And they're just like, uh, well, well, here's this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying they're fucking perfect. Like, by all means, neither of them are perfect. Yeah. But you, you have to respect, you know, the fact that they are your president. For the time being, whether you yep. voted for them or not. Yep. I'll agree with that. Sorry, not trying to take it in like a whole political fucking side for another fucking episode. <laughs> it's all good, dude. Ugh. It's all good. I mean, it's just stuff like that. It just basically boils down to what your opinion is. And it's better to have an informed opinion other than uh, than just basically just going off the, like the title of articles you know right and, and i want to throw this out there yet again everyone is entitled to their own opinion absolutely no matter what it is i get that there are some things that could be considered wrong morally wrong and i fully understand that and i'm not justifying them having those opinions i'm saying that they are entitled to their opinion if everyone in this country wants to have their own opinion they can that's how it works you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it yeah. away from the political side <laughs> and, and transfer it what over got, to what, what happened recently. I All started, right, what's that? I started doing this thing where I'm going to play only Torbjorn in Overwatch for um, oh, yeah. Open Queue, you know, which Open Queue, for people that don't know, just means that there's no specific roles that someone has to play. There's not, you know, two tanks, two damage, and two supports. It's just anyone could be anyone. Um, and so Torbjorn is a damaged hero that has a giant turret, and I decided, you know, I'm going to play as him, just because I feel like I have a lot of fun playing him, just kind of get to sit there sometimes and just watch as my turret reaps havoc, you know, on the enemy team. But um, I started uh, running into a lot of angry, angry teammates. Oh, like, why? Just because just... Just I'm Torbjorn and they think I'm not doing anything, and then I look down and I've got... All the gold medals, you know, I initiated most of the team fights. I closed uh -huh. off most of the team fights. And they still are like, God, fucking shit, Torbjorn. And I'm like, 
I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I'm like just at, playing as someone that I like. At one point, I had killed four of the enemy team, and then we still lost the point, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, God, why do we have a Torbjorn in the first place? And I'm like, what more? Like, did you want me to kill the entire enemy team by myself? Because, fine, if that's what it's going to fucking take to prove it to people, then I'll fucking do it. But it just, hey. <laughs> it, it makes me laugh because Overwatch has hit this, like, I mean, they haven't just hit it, but they just recently got more and more and more toxic as more players start coming in. Yeah. Which is which is fun for me because, um, as some of you out there may know, I feed off toxicity. Mm-hmm. If someone gets mad at me, I end up doing better because I'm I'm more relaxed because I know that in my heart I'm doing something good, but my teammates don't see it, and it makes me laugh every time. Because it's just like, I don't have to prove anything to them. And so if we lose a match, we lose a match. It's It's no skin off my nose. And so I'm like... I'll just go back, run it back, you know, play another match. I'm I'm bound to win at some point. Eventually. You know, the odds of like just losing the entire time you play are uh, outrageous. I mean, the odds of that are so slim. And someone fucking called me useless the other day. And and this was already Over what? In, this, this in Overwatch? Already, yeah, in Overwatch. This was already oh, okay. in like one of the former videos I just posted. Um and they were talking about uh, Luke, one of my buddies. They are talking about uh, him as well, because he was playing Lucio. And I was like, Lucio's actually a decent decent character, right? And I checked the person's yeah. profile, and I don't know if I showed it off enough in the, in the um, fucking video. I went through, and I found out that they were a Mercy main with, like, over 320 hours on Mercy alone, right? Like, gold, gold you know, portrait, picture, and everything like that, stuck in uh, gold. And that's like, fuck, I think it's like 3,000 hours. Uh-huh. How do you have 3,000 hours in a game and you can't surpass, like, averageness? I mean, I guess, I guess it's just a more of a casual player, if anything. No, because I, I looked and they had, like, almost all their time was spent, like, 99% of their time was spent in competitive. Oh, well then. <laughs> I was like, how? You, you, you must have played almost every single season, right, to get yep. to that portrait. You would have to at that point, and you, you still can't rise above gold. I, I picked up PC Overwatch back in, like, October, and, I, and I'm, I'm still in gold after, or no, like, December or something. I'm still in gold. And I'm fine with that. I I don't care. Because I have fun making people mad in you know, competitive settings. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's just it. Like, in competitive modes, oh man, I'm a sucker for this. It's just where uh, once you reach a certain like high ranking, that that's when, to me, losing matters because I don't want to fall below that ranking. Right. Like like in Overwatch or not Overwatch, uh Rocket League, when I like to play Rocket League, um ever since they did uh included basically competitive into the hockey mode, I started playing that like crazy to where like uh th- during the first season I was ranked I was ranked into diamond after my first 10 wow. plays, which I was like 
I to me, I think that was just because I was my games were like just pretty much lucky. I got a bunch of wins. Some of them not because of like my plays, just because of me jumping into into the game halfway and it turns out to be a win. <laughs> <laughs> like I would I would contribute a little bit, but at that point, you know, it's like the game's already almost over. Right. Um But then once I started playing seriously and got several more games in, I started hovering around like in the platinum range, like platinum one, plat two. Wow. And so, you know, I barely pretty much just comfortable there and i enjoy playing at that level and playing against a bunch of players near that level but then one time i got into a serious serious like bad losing streak and after every loss it's just like the game would tell you hey if you lose one more time you lose your rank oh if you lose again you you lose the next rank and um so i event by the end of that losing streak i fell down to like gold two and like to me that felt the worst i was just like i'm like I know I'm better than this. I play better than this, but not. But at this moment, my rank doesn't reflect that. And so, I mean, that got me a little salty towards the end. I mean, by the time I finally gave up, you know, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. All right, I need to step away for a while. And then eventually came back, and now I usually hover around like plat, Platinum 1, Gold 3, which at this point now I'm comfortable with because I think... Uh, with new players these days, since uh, Rocky League is now free to play, I think it's pretty fair. Free to play with crossplay, so I'm playing with right. a lot other people now compared to before. Yeah, that's that's how it is for me. So, like, I, at my peak on Xbox for Overwatch, I almost hit you know diamonds. I was like one one or two games away. Yeah, and I was trying. I, I was playing like I had probably like at most 100 games that season on support alone, right? That's where my highest oh. rank was. And I was all, I was in platinum for the other two ranks, or to other two roles. And so when I come over to PC, and I'm over here, first first season, I ranked in platinum for all three. And I was like, whoa, and then it started going down. And now, now I'm like in gold. But I'm going up progressively season by season again. And so I, uh, I, I love it because, like, as you said, like, as the game went free-to-play for Rocket League, um, you know, more players start to flood in, meaning that, you know, even the average ranks of where they were, like, before, so, like, if the average rank um, was, like, platinum, it gets increasingly hard to stay in that average rank as more players flood in because they come in and they'll throw games or they'll leave or they just won't play, you know, that kind of shit. Yep. And so it's funny because people will want to believe that they're way better than you and that they deserve a higher rank. Mm. And I know that, like, you know, I could say in my heart, like, oh, I should be, you know, at least a platinum player for support, but I'm gold, you know. But I, I, I won't because there's there's no way that I would be a, a platinum player. I don't have the aim. You know, most of my shit comes down to technical stuff. I have got, like, the game sense because I've played the game for, you know, fucking four or five years now. Like, I have the game yep. sense, and I'm fine with that. The fact that I don't have on PC is I don't have any aim. You know, and my, my uh-huh. reaction time's a little bit slower than it than it used to be. And so people go, oh, my God, this is such a shit team. And I'm like, you're a platinum player playing with a lot of bronze, silver, and gold players. You deserve to be here. Like, you're no better than us. If you're playing solo queuing into you know, competitive play and you're placed with people that are, you know, 300, 400, 500, you know, rank below you, 
you deserve to be here because that's how bad you are, and you don't deserve the rank you currently have. You know, and I'm sure you see that in Rocket League. Oh and- man, dude, that that stuff I find very annoying, especially when it's like, like going back to Rocket League, like in Rocket League, like say your team ends up going down like one zero, maybe two zero then you already get those salty people where they're like, oh, I'm on a shitty team. Oh, this game's over with. When there's like still five minutes left on the clock, it's just like, seriously, dude? Right. We, the game just started. There's tons of time to play. And a bunch of times, you know, I help our team come back or our team comes back or whatever. And there's games where we still lost. And then that same player immediately just goes once again, oh, this seems trash. I just but I'm like, well... Well, it's just like you're here too on the same level as us. All right. But there's a reason why you were placed in these in this game with quote unquote lower players for a reason, probably because that you've been on a losing streak yourself. You haven't been playing great games, and that's why you're here with lower tier players. Right. But but you know it's just a lot it's like oh man it's like a lot of to me i don't i don't respond to any of that but just seeing that in the chat just being spam of like this team sucks da, 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 da. it's just like come on dude this what's more irritating now it's not us losing it's just you being so salty about it like what what is that going to change Right, like, like what, like, oh, me and the other person, like, oh yeah, you're right, we're shit. Sorry, we'll play immensely better now. <laughs> Sorry, we weren't trying before. We'll try now. Uh, that I was, you I was half-ass so paying attention. Now that you pointed out that I'm playing trash, that oh man, sorry. Hold on, let me let me turn on my pro controller here. Don't don't you worry. Um, but when at another chance, it's just like maybe just simply the other team's just better at us, better than us for this game, you know. Right, and so I I was thinking about that because it's like, I watch a lot of, you know, pros play Overwatch, and they lose, you know, first point, they lose second point, the other team's got still, like, two minutes on the clock, you know, and then they go to attack, but you see that none of them are like, God, this is a trash team, you know, fucking shitty players, blah, 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 or majority of times they don't, but um, they're like, oh, this is winnable. And I'm like, they have, the enemy team has fucking three minutes on the clock, and you guys are down to a minute, and you guys are still saying winnable. I'm like, that's the spirit that more players should take, especially in lower elos where they go, um, you're not, you know, you're not the best player, blah, 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 and they'll start trash talking to you. Oh, this is a shit team. And, you know, I've had that happen to me when we've capped the first point with four minutes left. And I'm like, what do you mean we're a shit? We just worked as a team to take the point, and now you're calling us bad because we took the point? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, oh man, those salty people out there. That just it may to me it makes some games tough to play. It makes it very tough to play. Yeah, like I um started playing CS:GO recently because it's free, uh-huh. and I have some buddies that wanted to play. You know, shout out, shout out to that group. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, but CSGO is a very, like, try-hard game, I've noticed. People, they they know exactly how to make each call-out for each map, you know. 
And even to the point where my buddies, he's like, I'm not going to play this map. I don't know the callouts for it. And I'm sitting here as like a brand new player. I'm like, yeah, I don't know the callouts for that map either. You know, because I've n never mm. fucking played the game before. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I, I realized that I'm not bad at that game. My aim's better in that, like, in that game than it is in Overwatch because everything is more like linear. Uh -huh. And so my reaction time's going up and everything. So we decided to do, okay, by the way as well, for people that are more on the sensitive side um don't don't play csgo because it is brutal like um i got called the n-word um within the first two Ooh. hours within the first two hours of me playing it my very first time i was like oh, i man. don't even understand why someone would want to do this and then like a separate match later like a couple days later i'm playing and this the other teams call it like using the hard R N word and everything like that. And one one guy on my team goes, "Should I just like full toggle right now?" And I had no idea what that meant. It meant that he was turning on his cheats to kill the people that are on the other team that are swearing so profusely at us and calling us the N word and all this other shit, which they should not be doing. And so he just oh. full toggles, meaning that like he's using his aimbot, and he just sits there in the fucking open, just clicking, bam, four headshots, kills four people on the other team. And I was like, see. This is what you get if you are a shitty person in this game. And I was like, yeah. we were all completely fine with it. The enemy team was fucking livid. But um, <laughs> we decided to go into competitive my first night. And the first game, we had lost pretty bad. We Usually if you see um, an anime profile picture in that game, you know you're going to have a hard time. Those are the guys that have been there for the whole fucking, whole fucking time. Um, and so you have to win 10 games to get your, your rank. You have to win 10 games to know your rank. And I've not won a single competitive game yet. I, I've been, I've been stuck going against people that are just either way too good or in one case, completely hacking on both teams. Like the other team was hacking or my team was hacking a couple of them with like aimbots to where one guy, I literally watched him shoot at the ground and he got five headshots and killed five people. And I was like, I don't think that's a part of the game. And <laughs> then another two people on our team were using their, their cheats, their hacks, to lock on to us, their teammates, and just stand in front of us so we couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Just just to be annoying. And so, you know, here we are, me and my buddy Brett, trying to fucking play this game, because we're like, we just want to play the game at this point. They, I end up getting um, fucking banned because uh, I'm trying to shoot the enemy, and my teammates, of course, are trying to go in front of me to just annoy me so I can't shoot anything. I end up shooting one of them, and it's like, ah, okay, you've been banned. And I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> and then they kicked my buddy Brett a second later, like legit two seconds later. And I was like, well, wow. now that I'm banned, I can't, like, I can't go back for another fucking, like, 30 minutes to an hour, and I've got to go to work. And I was just like, I don't... What's what's the appeal in cheating in a competitive game like that? I guess some people just want to feel good about themselves, just seeing the big numbers, and they don't they don't care how they get the big numbers. They just want the easy way. Yeah. And it's like, th there's no cheat detection system in that game, really. And so, like, people get away with it. You have to report them. And even if you report them, sometimes they can just turn off their cheats and then play a couple games without it, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking ridiculous to me. 
Oh, man. And then I tried playing Valorant the other night, and I just... I, first of all, I do not have the like the, the game sense for Valorant. That game is ridiculously st stupid, in my opinion. I'm sorry. I, I understand why people like the game, and I understand why it is popular, but... um. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been I'm seeing not, this from... I'm just not in the appeal place. of this game. And as one of my buddies says, it's CSGO Overwatch... Because it's a combination of Overwatch and CSGO, and they mashed together, and that's how Valorant was basically created. Like, almost down to a T. Pretty and, much. And I I respect that, because they made, a, they made a decent game out of it. But I don't have the reaction time to sit there and just be like, Oh, there they are! Bam! Because, you know, within that half a second of me saying that, I'm already dead. Yep. And it's like sometimes, slight hesitation. Yeah, and if you move the slightest bit, your aim's off. Like mm. if you move the fraction of a of a, a centimeter to your right, your aim's just all wonky. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. it mm. It's not. They're trying to be realistic in some aspects of the game, but then be completely like non-realistic in other aspects, and so it really throws me off. Yeah, I get that. I get that, dude. So, recently I've been seeing a lot of stuff for um, the new Resident Evil. Oh, yeah, like uh, Village? Is, yeah. That just came out. I think so, a few days ago. I was thinking about playing that, but then I realized that some of the characters return from um, Resident Evil 7. Yes, yes. And so I was like, like uh, Ethan, I know, returns... I, that's that's all that's all but um <laughs> i i kind of want to buy the first game and play that through first like i've seen most of the gameplay so i kind of like resident what evil happens, 7 or but, resident evil 1 um 7 7 yeah okay and i know people are already creating mods and shit for village to to be you know horny little fucks yeah. Uh, to, to put it, <laughs> to, to quickly put it, but um, it it is fucking crazy that people are already doing that, and the game's been out for less than a month. I know it's impressive, like how people can do that in such a short amount of time. Just easily crank out a mod for a brand new game. Yeah, brand new game of that scale too. Yeah, like high quality too. Freaking just like a day or two later after it comes it's, out. It's just so weird. I don't know if you've seen any of the gameplay with the mods. Like someone turned okay, someone, yeah, did do the thing where you could you could spank like the, the vampire person or whatever she is. <laughs> right? But then someone yeah. the one that I want to get whenever I buy the game is someone turned all like the uh the zombies or whatever it is, those goopy creatures, they turned them yeah. all into Barney. <laughs> It's a Barney? Yeah, so instead of fighting <laughs> a bunch of horrific things, you're fighting a bunch of Barneys. And I, I oh really, really want to get that one because I think that'd be super funny. It's like you turn a corner and instead of the scary like monster, it's fucking Barney the dinosaur trying to kill yeah, you. I saw, <laughs> I saw a mod today where um, every time you see uh, Lady Dimitrisu, I think that's her name, uh, her hat gets bigger. <laughs> like li like every single time i saw like a quick like uh 
video of it. It's like literally every single time you pan the camera and you see her again, her hat gets bigger and bigger. And at one point, I swear her hat is like 20 feet long. That's amazing. See, those are the mods I want to ha- like have in a game. Uh-huh. Like, I remember um, there's some Fallout mods that are similar to the Skyrim ones. Like, you know, you can change the death clause in Fallout 4 to Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, or change the um, dragons to Macho Man Randy Savage in Skyrim. But so- there's one where it turns the dragons into Thomas the Tank. And it plays, like, his little, like, themes- theme track from the show, but like deep fried version of it whenever a dragon appears. Yeah, I think I saw that one. And those are the, <laughs> those are the mods I appreciate because it it doesn't like change every aspect of the game. It just makes it more interesting at parts. Yeah, yeah, it, it those are a great way to like interact with the game. So it like, gives it a better experience. Right. I'm not trying to look for a whole new way to play the game. I just want the game to be a little bit more vivid at times where Instead of doing the same thing where it's like, hey, I need this. All right, I'll go get it. All right, thank you. And then like that 30 times over, you know, I want something where it adds a little bit like something new to the game, like new enemies or something or possibly like absurd weapons. Like there's one where you can put any um, like mod on any weapon in Fallout 4. So you could have a pistol with a uh cannonball launcher. On the front of it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I kind of like I kind of like those mods where it changes like the whole style in a way. Like, um, I, a good one is like a pixel mod for for in Minecraft. I love that one because yeah. it basically just turns Minecraft into one giant creative Pokemon game. I like that. I like how you get to you know create the Pokeballs and everything like that and. Even the battles think, are cool. Yeah, I think that's a neat little insight, a nice little touch, like, thinking about it. Being, like, a little realistic is just like, yeah, you're surviving, so of course you gotta create your own Pokeballs if you want to catch Pokemon or whatnot. But at the same time, you know, sometimes I'm not too big a fan of, like, being extra realistic with some mods. Once again, sticking to, like, the Minecraft one, there's, like, um, I think it's called... I was just playing not too long ago. It's like real craft, something like that. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's like all the base mechanics are turned into basically just um, realistic stuff. So so let's say like you can take damage specifically in your head, legs, arms, all that specific parts of the body or um, food takes more realistic time to grow or the time cycle is a little more realistic um see i don't like that having to having to build like stuff from the literal ground up like first you gotta grab twigs create something to just break down rocks and all that but but yeah like i'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff because you know this is this is a fantasy game this is a made-up world like i don't sometimes to me games like that don't call for realism Right, especially when it, like, especially with, like, the food cycles, everything already feels like it takes forever in Minecraft at certain times. You don't want to wait even longer for that shit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, like, um, like, going back to the mod, like, I remember starting out, you got, you got to break down weeds to get practically little vines, and then you got to break down flint, and then you can create a little flint axe to where you can finally chop down a tree, 
and then um and then once you get wood and stuff you kind of go from there and slowly do like basic like minecraft building but it's just to me that's just a bunch of like extra steps that i have to worry about instead of just being able to play like normal minecraft and walk in and just punch down a tree right like it's like i get i get that like um some people like realism and all but but i mean to me just some games it's just it's it's set in a made-up world and i'm perfectly fine with that and i feel like that mod tries to take it a little bit too far on the realism like adding too many realistic things like if there is a mod you should be able to control like what can be turned on like oh food takes longer to grow or you can take certain damage and body parts that kind of shit now i know there's one mod that i really respect and I, i can never remember the name of it but basically you get this three by three cube right uh like a three by three by three and you just have to you're given like a crafting table i think and like one other thing and basically your whole thing is to go along this tech tree but you can't break Uh the blocks of the cube you can upgrade your cube to where or i don't think you can break the blocks um you can upgrade your cube to where you can get a little bit more space but it's really like it's supposed to feel really cramped and claustrophobic because you only have basically you know seven or so blocks seven or six blocks to fully work with you know yeah yeah and so like when you punch the walls with your bare hand you take damage and then you have to wait for yourself to heal up but then you get stuff every time you punch a wall. Like, you get a little bit of a shard, and then eventually you can turn that shard into whatever for a pickaxe, and then do that, and repeat that cycle. But it's really cool, mm-hmm. because there's ways to, like, compost stuff, and create a small little miniature farm in there, and then you can teleport to other little boxes for more space. So uh-huh. I like that aspect of it, personally, because I think that's a cool mod to change the way that Minecraft's played, without removing some of the core fundamentals of like oh you can break this block to get this or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah and funny enough with uh even though uh the mod was is called like real craft or whatever it's filled with a bunch of made-up mods too and a bunch of like made-up uh biomes and all that a bunch of made up enemies which makes it extremely tough like of course every single made up enemy is like extremely tougher than what realistically to me should be and i'm just like what's going on here you have like a bunch of base mechanics filled with realism but then you have all your all your fantasy elements everywhere else it's like the creator (laughs) knew that they were making something that was super like way too realistic so in their eyes they're like well now i gotta balance it so let's add some like unrealism like I some think, unrealistic things to this mod yeah i think they like add stuff like that of course give it a nice extra little twist and then on top of that you know for the people out there that really love like self-inflicting challenges and all that and love really very difficult games yeah, like, Dark Souls is already a difficult game, and I've seen people mod it to where it makes it even harder, to where, like, the boss patterns are all randomized. Uh-huh. And so sometimes you'll have boss patterns where they strike in, like, a 2-4 fashion, where it's, like, one strike, one strike, one strike, and so then they'll keep hitting you over and over again. And they'll put that yep. on a boss that already does, like, a shit ton of damage. Yep. 
And so, like, I think realist, realistic games have to be taken with a certain T. Like, uh... Dying Light. Alright? It takes the, yeah. the unrealistic, you know, zombie genre, which, for people that are on the same wavelength as me, is no longer unrealistic with how our science is currently set up today. But I'm not going to go into that at this episode. Um, but it takes the unrealistic zombie genre of... Oh, this person got infected, and it makes it more realistic. I.e., um, you know, people are still helping each other. It's not everyone for themselves. You have to. You can craft weapons. Your weapons break after a certain amount of use. Ammo is very scarce. Um, you can buy and sell and trade with different people. Um, people can give you quests to go save loved ones or pick up memorabilia or something like that. You know, you climb buildings. You know, but only for certain types of buildings. That kind of realism is what I like. Because, you know, the yeah. zombies are tough to kill at certain points, but they're not impossible. And as your weapons yeah. get be better, it does more damage against the zombie. And so you'll even, like, I think there's skills in that game, but even the skills aren't, like, unrealistic. Yeah, the grappling hook mechanic, a little bit unrealistic. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. You, should, you can't really just, like, fire a grappling hook like Spider-Man fucking pull yourself over to something but uh -huh. like fucking kicking a zombie won't do much to it and I like how realistic that is so uh -huh. it also runs off of I believe the Unreal Engine so where their like um, collision detection is very good uh -huh. so everything kind of acts like a normal human so zombies act like how a human would act if it got hit alright alright yeah I get that and I'm excited for the second Dying Light to come out. Because I've played through majority of the first one. I'm on the DLC area now. And the DLC area ramps up the difficulty because it brings in different mutations with the zombies. And a different little, like, hive mind aspect of it. Which I really like. That sounds interesting. Like, do you remember the scene in I Am Legend? Where um, he Will Smith goes into the building to find his dog. Oh, no. And uh, they, they're like, he sees all the zombies like huddled up in a corner. Yep. It's like that. There's different like little cave spots to where it's nice and dark down there. And so the zombies will wait till nighttime to come out. Yeah. The majority of like the more powerful ones. And so you yep. can go in there, but it's, it's like dangerous. So you go in there and you clear out the area. But if you do that, you have to run the risk of these powerful zombies coming in there and possibly killing you. And I like that aspect of you're you're going into like their nesting area, basically, and running the risk of dying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking about uh, I Am Legend, um, this is just a side note. Uh, have you seen the meme where it's the one scene where? Will's like driving in the city and he sees one of his little mannequin friends outside of the store and he's all like, What the hell are you doing out here? And he's just like, No, no, that's not possible. Like, um Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this meme yet or not, but there's a meme of like of that scene, but like the mannequin is placed over with uh Kevin James <laughs> as a director. And like, so Will Smith's yelling at him, and uh, KJ is like, Whoa, Will, you need to calm down. We ju we're just trying to shoot a scene here. 
And of course, Will's just going uh, his normal self in the movie. And then eventually, Kevin Jane's like, Oh, you want to do this? Pulls out his own guy. They're like, Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's so good. I love it so much. If you can find that, I would, I would love if you could send that to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's too, too good. Now, one thing I um, have realized recently, uh-huh. which I don't know if you've seen both endings of Iron Legend, but there are indeed two separate endings. There's a second one? Yes. Now, people will... People, okay, first of all, the Mandela effect, people love to blame, you know, shit on the Mandela effect, basically saying, oh, we all remember it being this way, but, you know, it was from our childhood when we were all, like, four or five years old and we can't remember it, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like 20 years later, they're like, whoa, that's not how I remember this thing from my childhood when I could barely remember anything. I was like, yeah, a fucking course. You are a child uh-huh. with impressionable memory and you're not going to remember every specific detail. You'll remember it a specific way. Like I've done the same thing with TV shows where I could quote a line, but then a couple of the words are changed. And then I'm like, whoa. And like I did the same thing with listening to, you know, songs. And I'm like, I don't remember this part being in there. I'm sure it was. I'm sure I just never focused on that part. Yeah, it's kind of like everyone technically misquoting with Star Wars. You know, people are always saying, Luke, I am your father. When actually, if I remember right, it goes, no, I am your father. Yeah, it's no, I am your father, not Luke, I am your father. Because he goes, you killed my father. And he goes, no, I am your father. And people love to blame that on the Mandela effect. Same thing with the... uh, Berenstain Bears. People love to think that it was the Berenstain Bears, but it wasn't. It was the Berenstain Bears. Instead of S-T-E-E-N, it was, it's S-T-A-I-N. And so Uh people just now recently, like I'm talking this year, started figuring out that I Am Legend had a second ending. So if you bought Mm. a copy or watched a copy in theaters, they could be two completely different endings. Now, if you don't want me to spoil the ending for you, um, I won't. You could always go try and find the second ending, but you won't really know what ending you're getting until you watch the very end. So there's nothing else. The only thing that changes about the movie is the ending. Hmm. Um, so are you fine with me telling you that right now? Oh, for me? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Um, disclaimer, skip over this part uh, in the video. If you are oh, right. like wanting to watch a movie from like 2011... Again, I guess. Um, basically, you know, the, the ending we all remember, right, is that Will Smith blows himself up with a grenade, right, to save him to save the mother and the, the the child, right, so they can go to the the camp with all the rest of the humans. Yeah, and that way it destroys most of the other um, zombie creature things. Well, that's because he, he blows himself up because he was a second away from creating the vaccine right now in the second ending he doesn't blow himself up instead he's able to stop the zombies from breaking through that glass as he proves that he has a vaccine and then the zombie on the table is continuing to breathe huh yeah so the first ending is supposed to pull on your heartstrings a little bit more than the second one is the first one is to say oh he sacrifices himself you know and all of his research over the past whatever years but the second one is more of saying you know 
he actually did it. He actually cured the the virus or whatever. So mm. yeah, it's was not, this like a director's cut or something? I don't believe it's director's cut. I believe it was just a general, you know, second ending that people don't remember because when they see, you know, like oh, top ten sad movies, and they talk about the ending, but the ending is always with a grenade. It's never with the saving of the the human race. You know. Yeah. And so people, just like with the Star Wars quote, um, blame on the no- the Mandela effect, and they they like they forget how they originally saw the movie, and they convince themselves that they saw it the same way everyone else did, which, as we all know, physically impossible. Um, yeah. And I also want to gripe on this movie real quick. Personally, I love I Am Legend, but there's a lot of shit that just doesn't make sense in the movie. Like, a lot of shit. Um, Yeah, I get that. I always... Sorry to cut you off. Um, uh, I get that. It's like, I always find it weird that, like, the whole time Will Smith's alone in the city, like, for many, many moments, and just... I don't know where once he's in the accident, all of a sudden she human shows up and like, oh yeah, yeah, we're the town over. We're the next town over. But not only that, he he's consistently going to the same spot every single day, right? And going, oh, if there's anyone alive, come meet me here. But then the second that he meets someone alive, he then goes, no, no one's alive. I'm the last person alive. Even yeah, though at least, at least he, act, he likes to act that way. He even states, because they're talking about the, um, the, the camp. You know, in that one part of whatever the, wherever they went, some like the last yeah. refugee camp that they were talking about, and Will Smith then goes, "No, that camp's there's no one there." Blah blah blah. You know, people don't survive. Whatever. Even though him, he survived. His and these two people that he's talking to survived as well. Also, can we just talk about how he in a New York apartment? Has a whole fucking lab set up, like a research <laughs> lab. Oh yeah, with yeah, enough right. power to to fuel that lab. Not possible. That would be like a multi million dollar apartment in New York. Oh, definitely. But I mean, I guess you know, since he it is like uh oh what what's that? what's that word called um. Uh, basically, you know, since he's in a town all in ruins, he he could just live in whatever apartment he wants. Yeah, but even then, like, also, did they take the time? Did the army take the time to put draping, like drapings, over different buildings? Like, why? Why would they do that? Hmm. Also, can we talk about how Iron Legend accurately depicted Batman versus Superman before it was ever <laughs> announced? Where where did you get that? It's on it's on one of the billboards um in the movie. It's oh. Batman v Superman. Like um hold on. Let me let me look it up just to make sure that I'm not fucking crazy. Right? It's alright. I mean, I think it's possible because, you know, they do they do play in movies so far in advance, like long before they try to uh release anything about it to the public. Yeah, it says it, it's the Batman logo, and then on front and on the top of that is the Superman logo, and it says, uh, what looks to be five fifteen thirty or something like that, which obviously didn't come out in twenty thirty. 
But um, yep. it did accurately depict Batman versus Superman. Huh. Uh, oh, 5-15-10, which also wasn't a thing. But um, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, okay, I see it. And then, like, huh. th- the movie just has so many inconsistencies, and I highly recommend anyone out there that's listening to go watch Cinema Sins on um, YouTube. And they did, they, he covered an episode, um, and he covered an entire video on I Am Legend. And he talks about a lot of shit that just doesn't make sense, like different nitpicky things. But, like, even watching it the first time, you, you start to think, like, this well-trained dog just randomly goes to chase after the deer this one time. After being, you know, just perfectly trained up until that moment. Mm. Like, there, there's there's so many things that just don't make sense in that movie, even though it is a great movie, in my opinion. Oh, it's a stellar movie. It's like uh, Baby Driver, alright? One of my all-time favorite movies is Baby Driver. Um, if you've not seen that, I can lend you a copy of it. But uh, I have not, but alright. Baby Driver um, is a movie about... Um, a group of people that does heists and they they rob banks, blah blah blah, whatever, right? And it's got Kevin Spacey before all the allegations with him, you know, being a predator. Uh, uh-huh. But it's got um, crap. What's his name? What's the the name of the man? Uh, let me yeah, let me let me find the cast. Uh, <laughs> Ansel Elgort, okay, perfectly plays you know this guy named baby uh uh who is partially um deaf i think he's got tinnitus he's got a ring in his ear so he's always wearing headphones listening to music so what they did with the movie is they synced up the entire score of the movie right to line up with the movie yeah like at one point in one of the scenes he's walking down the street and music's playing and some of the words and like the images of the song are appearing as like graffiti or on stickers or something. And then as he walks the same street, but in the opposite direction, like coming back from somewhere, there's some of the graffiti spray painted over and put up with the different words to match the song. Like all the action sequences are lined up with the music, like every gunshot, every reload, everything is lined up with this music. It's an amazing movie. It's, It's a complete like, 10 out of 10 in my book, even though I know there are some inconsistencies with it, but um, I'll lend you a copy of that so you can watch it. And anyone out there, I highly recommend it because it is a fantastic movie. Um, It's Uh, funny at times. It, you know, it's heartwarming at others. It's just all around a good movie. And I believe it features the gun brothers um, as their first, like, uh, like directing debut or whatever. Uh huh. Before, Director was Edgar, Edgar Edgar Wright, yeah, but um the Gun Brothers worked on the the soundtrack and everything. Ooh. Yeah, it is an amazing, perfect movie in my opinion. Oh, cool! Yeah, uh, just like a judge from the title, like the first thing that kind of popped in my head in your like short description afterwards, I was kind of thinking like, oh, well, maybe it stars like a. Like a teenager, like a driver, a teenager just learning how to drive and start trying to <laughs> drive the getaway van for, for the heist. Uh, it, it, that's that. That's kind of what he does. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, like, it's also got 
fuck. It's got a lot of famous actors. I just can't remember any of their names right now. Ugh, I'm not I'm not good with actors, actresses, and all that. I I just personally love, you know, the soundtrack, the different fight sequences, you know, even like it does their own they do their own like car stunts. So you know, like Fast and Furious, a lot of that shit's CG. And it's, yeah. it's done to where, you know, the uh like the car is being pulled by a truck. So they're really not going anywhere. All they have to do is film the reactions of the people inside the car. So it makes it look like they're driving. Uh-huh. Baby Driver doesn't do that. All of the um, stunts that they do are 100% practical, meaning that they do them there on set, like actually on set. So like if he fucking drifts the car, he drifts the car. Now, uh, you know, if a car explodes, you know, they're going to have to put CGI and shit like that over um, so I mean, like bit, all, all the know. racing scenes, all the racing scenes are 100% practical, as to my knowledge. Hmm, that's cool. That's a good attention to detail. Yeah, I, I really do appreciate how well that movie was made. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out, man. Also, people that are watching, if you would like to leave us recommendations for what we should talk about, please put them in the comments. And we'll bring him up on a, some future episode. Yeah, toss us bone, few ideas here or there. Movie recommendations, game recommendations, whatever it is. You know, if it's music or movies or something like that, I'll listen to it, and then we can talk about it. So, all right, just just as a heads up for everyone listening in and tuning in. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, speak. Speaking of uh, music, oh man, dude. Did did I ever uh, show you a a band called uh, Sell Your Scores? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they finally, finally just released a new single. Like I think last week, called the uh, 1999. So good, so good. Because like uh, since you know all the COVID stuff happening, they they've been kind of like uh forced into a slight hiatus i mean they kept up with their social media and whatnot but they finally got together and released so i think they're going to come out with a new album by the Ooh. by the end of this year so i'm so excited for that i'm definitely excited they're a really good band i like their stuff me too dude them too. and um fuck what's there was one more that you showed me the one that plays dakota um, oh, oh, uh, why can't I think of it right now? I don't know. Funny enough, I just listened to Dakota earlier today. I'm sure I'll be able to find it. Like I've I've listened to quite a few new bands just coming up in my um, you know, playlist. Um, Between you and me, that's the band. Ah, uh, they got they have quite a few good songs. Yeah, you know, right. there's them, Coheed and Cambria, you know. Uh, yeah, good old Coheed Cambria. Uh, Four Years Strong was a good one that I liked. With um, I Hold Myself in Contempt, that's a that's a fun song. Um, and then for people that have never heard it, please go listen to 2019 Guy. It's it's more of like a guy. I yeah, it's more of like a Mimi song. Oh, good. But I love it. It's unironically good. Yeah, no, straight up. It has a good beat. Uh, to me, it's kind of similar to uh, Ninja Sex Party. 
Yeah. Where, like, um, especially where, like, NSP is now, to me, it's like, the lyrics are, like, are comedical. I think that's the word. And, um, but the music, the beats are just really good. Just, just really good, like, solid music standpoint. And then they just throw in comedy for the lyrics. Right. And I think, I personally, to me, like, comedy songs are, can be really good or just, or just feel like a bit more like just a bit instead of like a song so for me like the 2019 guy feels more of a like comedy song and like a bunch of nsp's work whereas like examples like um like uh bo burnham like a bunch of his work i love his work he's hilarious but to me a bunch of his songs feel more like just a comedy bit than than like more music focused like i think those songs are more focused on the comedy than the music Right. It it's not really like it's not something that you're gonna want to listen to like over and over again because once you've heard it once, you've heard it multiple times, you know. Yeah, I mean like like Bo, he has a couple good good hits that I like that I'll quote from time to time or like listen to here or there. But like I don't I don't have like a solid following on his on his stuff compared to like nsps or well mostly nsp i should say um because to me it just feels like to me they have that good balance of comedy and music to it to where it has great jokes in it but it's not just a star like to me they're more music focused and then they want to throw in the comedy whereas like a bunch like comedic bits where they still want to focus on the comedy compared to the music Right. And so like there's um there's a new group that I found or they're not new, but it's new to me. Um called the uh-huh. Rare Americans. Uh-huh. Um and they have a song called Brittle Brittle Bones Nikki and their their songs are more like story based. Um more on like an aspect of trying to con- like convey you a story, but the song is still really good. You know, mm-hmm. without watching the music video behind him. So I really recommend for people to check out, you know, all the bands that we've listed today, especially oh, like some of the later ones where, you know, you either get to check out those like specific songs, but just trying to grow your own like musical bias, I should say. Oh, yeah, no, nah, like, yeah, definitely. It's just, um, I don't have any hate for like any of these artists, like, bunch of bunch of good stuff yeah because i know for like a while i was stuck within my own little bubble of music so it really does help listening to other people's music to kind of decipher what i could or could not like yeah it helps broaden your horizons i mean i can't can't tell you how long i stuck to like practically just fall boy like fall boy is by far my favorite band they still they still are, but I don't listen to them nearly as often as I used to because back then Fall Boy is pretty much all I ever wanted to listen to until I had friends show me more variety of like that style of like punk rock or like pop punk, whatever yeah. you want to put it. And like now there's a bunch of bunch of bands that I like like for example, like uh when I got into a day to remember, I heard them over a random like spotify radio playlist and i really enjoyed them i really enjoyed like 
uh what was it uh what's their one song like not right now i can only think of downfall of Zal, but at first that song i kind of didn't like it but later on it grew on to me but basically what i'm getting at is that with the day to remember settle your scores was recommended similar to that and because I was listening to a day to remember radio, one of their songs came on and like, it's just, it's just little things like that. When you take time to like take recommendations from friends or take, take a chance with just a random radio playlist off of Spotify that, uh, you can find some really, really good artists. Yeah. Like I personally couldn't get into the fallout boys mania album. Because that's uh-huh. just not really a genre of music I listen to. I don't really listen to a lot of, like, techno, because that's what it was. It was more, like, voice-changing shit. And to me, that's not what Fall Out Boy was. And then, like, after that, they, they went back to how they were doing shit, and more, like, pop-punk. Pretty, like, pretty I'm, much. I mean, uh, like, uh, in me, like, to me, the best example of what you're just saying is uh, Young and Menace. Yeah. That, that song... I wish I wish that was not the first song that they released as a single because I mean I get why they did that because they wanted to show that this album was going to be like a new style that they want to try out but it was just to me that song is definitely by far my least favorite Fall Out Boy song it's horrible because because mostly just because I'm fine with them wanting to change up their music style but it didn't have the essence of Fall Boy if that right. makes any sense, like they had the lyrics, they had a uh, like Fall Boy style of lyrics of like a bunch of like uh, pop references and like little like uh, cues here or there that make you think a little bit. But just in general, the sound of it, the the style of the whole song, I should say, is just it's off putting. It doesn't give that Fall Boy feel. The rest of the album, bunch of the songs of that album for me. I'm like, yeah, this this is Fall Boy. This is a new sound, but I can see where they're going with this, and personally, I enjoy it. Yeah. I just... I don't know. Like, that kind of stuff... And it's not saying that, like, I can't enjoy anything with, like, voice changing, because, like, there's a really great band called The Glass Animals. And what they Uh do is they kind of want to perfect each song before they put it out there. So, like, for one of their songs called Tokyo Drifting or Tokyo Drift, whatever it was. Um, That's one of my favorite songs by them. They got Denzel Curry to rap on their song, even though they're not a rap group. Um, Uh But they were like, it would not sound better with anyone else. Like, he was literally the only one that would work on it, and if they didn't get him, they said they were just not going to put out the song. And I was like, see, and that's commitment to the sound that they wanted to put. So they went just, you know, make it a bad song, put it out there and say, hey, this is the like, this is some new stuff that we want to do. You know, unlike Fall Out Boy, that they were just like, you know, this Young and Menace song doesn't sound good, but it's what we want to do in the future for a little bit, so put it out there anyway. Yeah, pretty much. And it's, I it's mean, funny, like, uh, like... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, Let's see here. There's, there's one good song off of the album I like... And it is, uh, no, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I think I know what you're talking about. 
I think I know exactly what song you're talking about. Uh, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. That song. Ooh, that song's so good. I like that song. That to me, that is one of the like songs that I think is a perfect blend of Fall Boys' new sound. Uh, but the sound that they wanted to go for, I just say in the in this album, with like their style, like that song to me perfectly captures the essence of Fall Boy with with the new style that they're trying to go for. And it's crazy because I like personally, I love the um like the art for the um, the Mania album itself. Uh-huh. It's probably my favorite out of all their album covers. Like, I just think the other album covers, they look they look fine, you know, but I just think that uh, the Mania album just looks the coolest out of the rest. Oh, um, yeah, I like I like that purple neon feel that they uh, do with it. It's really cool. It mm-hmm. makes it stand out. Right. And the last of the real ones wasn't bad for Fall Out Boy. It's just that, I think that was a good hit. That that album just kind of threw me off. It threw me for a loop with them. Oh, I don't I don't blame you at all. Like I said, their whole focus was a slight new style change. Really, that's where we're going for it. Because I say that because um with their second compilation album that they came out with, uh, "Believers Never Die" Volume Two, they added two brand new tracks in that album, and one of them is Bob Dylan. If you listen to that. Hmm. Um, Bob Dylan is good. It's very good. But to me, that song doesn't carry the sound from Mania. To me, that's more of a sound from, I would say, um, either Save Rock and Roll or American Beauty, American Psycho, like around that era when they came back from their hiatus. Yeah. That like, was Bob Dylan's really good. Really good. I think like American Beauty, American Psycho is when they kind of started to try and go into a whole new genre of what they wanted, like of what their previous music sounded like. Uh-huh. Cause like, I know and people are going to like be like, well, they did, you know, Screamo first. Yeah, I know they did Screamo first. I'm not, I'm not stupid. I know their first album had Screamo, you know, like I understand that. I, I completely do. I just think that from, you know, the aspect of after their first album, they started taking more of like a punk rock instead of Screamo, and then you know, Save Rock and Roll was the last full one where it was more punk rock, and then American Beauty was American Beauty was something else. It, was, it wasn't it was bad. I liked most of the songs on there. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, American... American Beauty, American Psycho, I would agree. That's when they uh, started wanting to kind of incorporate a new change because uh, with Save Rock and Roll, that was their like return album after the hiatus, which to me, that gives a more modern feel of their old old style. Like To me, that, that was a perfect comeback album for them of just basically just giving an HD sound yeah. to their old style. Because to me, that's what it feels like. And then um, with American Beauty, American Psycho, when that came out and a bunch of tracks on that, to me, that that is the point where they still kept that high definition, like older sound, but but with a few tracks in there of them trying to infuse a new style into it until they fully committed, tried to fully uh, commit to a to a brand new style with Mania. Yeah. 
but I mean, um, but I mean, I agree with like their outlook. It's just like, um, like if you stick to the same style, eventually you're going to become stale, and that you gotta strive to find new, new and better things. And so with Mania, even though it is a drastic different style, and a bunch of bunch of like other fans of Fall Boy and people that listen to them that I talk to about who typically don't don't care for much of their stuff. Um I I can easily see why people don't like the more modern Fall Boy stuff because it is a different sound. Yeah, and I totally get that. And like for me, since I like them and I still follow them, I, I still see I see where they're going. Like what they're trying to do with an album. Whereas um compared to what they've done before. And I like personally I like the new change. It's not a bad change, not the greatest change, but I think it's a I think it was a great way to keep them still relevant with their new music. Yeah. I, I fully get that. I, I I think that's the best way to put it is that like if you are a long term fan, you understand what they're trying to do versus um what they are doing. But uh, who knows? I mean, right now I'm just excited for their tour with uh, uh, Green Day and Weezer and Weezer. Yeah. Like to me, this is an amazing lineup for a tour for them. Like I love I love all three bands. They're so good. And the last few tours Fall Boy has done has been mostly with like uh, hip hop artists, which nothing wrong with that. But to me, those are like two vastly different music genres. So the few shows that I went to and you even went with one with me, it's just like you could tell who was there for Fall Boy and who was just there for for like uh let's see one of them. I think it was Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Yeah. The one like you and I went together. Yeah. Um and it's just like again, there's nothing wrong, but to me, just with this new tour that they're doing, it's just a solid show. Just like the same music genre with all three bands. And like, for me, since I like all three, it, to me, that is just an awesome music concert to go to of just constant music that I know I'm familiar with and enjoy with three very good bands. Mm -hmm. Like, and then plus, uh, sorry. Uh, but then plus, um, (laughs) every single show that they're doing in the U S is in baseball stadiums. That's cool. I'm like, that's really, I'm like that's really cool. My my uh, whole thing with their um right. concerts is I don't think that they should be con- continuing to uh, put themselves with bands or artists that are bigger than them or more known than them. So like when they did it with the Wiz Khalifa one, it, it kind of made me mad because you could tell that you know sixty percent of the audience was there for Wiz Khalifa. Because sixty percent of the audience left after Wiz Khalifa was off the stage, and then Fall Out Boy. Oh, definitely. And definitely. I thought that was kind of sad because I'm like, it, it it's Fall Out Boy's show. Wiz yeah, they, they were stars. pretty much a headliner, right? And I was like, it just kind of, I was like, I feel bad because, you know, that's their audience that they're losing. Uh huh. And so, you know, that was that was personally like a phenomenal concert, and I liked it. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was so good. Uh man, Fall Boys part in that was awesome, really awesome. And I think that you know it's it's fantastic that they are such a good concert band, you uh, know, despite 
Mania, because fuck that shit, because hmm. we all heard how that happened with, you know, Jimmy Fallon and on their other concerts where the, the voice thing doesn't always sound the best for some oh, of the Mania God. songs. Like, it just sounded horrible. It sounds better in recording. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, it's great that they're able to do more concerts, and I'm glad that they're coming back to the U.S. to con- to tour. Oh, yeah, definitely. Same, dude. It's even better that they got Carl Weezer to perform with them, you know? <laughs> um, Hi, Jimmy's mom. <laughs> Jimmy's mom. <laughs> um, I think with that note, though, that's a good spot to end off for the, this episode of the podcast. All right, all right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, I really hope that you enjoy this kind of newish look at how the podcast is going to go down with newer people, you know, more guests appearing on the podcast as time goes on. Um, but again, if you have anything that you want to talk about, leave it in the comments below, and I'm sure we'll be able to talk about it at some point. Um, but thank you. Yeah, and uh, thank you for having me, dude. Of course. Bye, everyone. Later, Gators.